0: To be free, witness in the streets for justice and for peace with masks on and six in between. An image of our Christians knowing love and loss and pain, We're living life in and out of time. Perspective skewed by age and mind, step by step through the unknown. Mind still poke. Post-
1: punks, How are you in these weird times? The news sometimes feels so intense these days that it can feel hard to know which disaster to learn about in any given moment. Every morning, it seems, some new hidden horror is brought to light. This unveiling is overwhelming. And I've been thinking about this verse from Ephesians 5 a lot lately, as all this unveiling happens. It's about light and secrecy. From Ephesians 5, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things the wrath of God comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be associated with them. For once you were in darkness, but now in the Lord you are in light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that becomes visible becomes light there's power in exposing dangerous and hurtful things that have been thriving for a long time in secret. This letter to the Christians in Ephesus calls us to live as children of the light. And when I hear that, I understand it to mean, at least in part, that we should be willing to receive the truth, even when the truth is painful. Because this passage says that Everything exposed to the light becomes visible, and everything that becomes visible becomes light. When the truth gets uncovered, no matter how uncomfortable it might be, when we air out a situation or expose one of those festering wounds to the curative power of sunlight, healing becomes a possibility. Alex McBride is a new contributor to the Dunker Punks podcast. A recent graduate of Manchester University, he's serving through Brethren Volunteer Service in Portland, Oregon now. Alex shares some reflections in this episode about the true meaning of apocalypse and the possibilities it might bring. Here's Alex.
0: 2020 has been really something it feels like a decade's worth of world-shaping events has been condensed into a year's worth of time. The planet continues to face a global pandemic that as of recording this episode has infected 26.1 million people worldwide and has killed 864,000 people. The pandemic has disrupted everyone's lives in some way from how we interact with one another, the decisions we make in our personal lives, and how we go about thinking of our future. We've also witnessed several months of sustained protests occurring in cities across the United States and around the world, demanding for justice after the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers. Communities across the United States have had to come to grips with the systemic injustices embedded into our institutions. During this time of great social unrest, it's easy to feel like the world is falling apart around us. However, I believe that this is also a moment of opportunity, allowing us to show the love of Jesus in a new age. With everything that's happened this year, it's easy to feel like we're living in the middle of the apocalypse. And in a way, I believe we are. The word apocalypse brings images of destruction and the end of the world. But looking at the Greek root of the word, it also has another meaning buried beneath it. In the original Greek, apocalypse means to uncover, reveal, lay bare, or disclose something. In a biblical context, the book of Revelation was originally called Apocalypse, as it is supposed to be a book of divine revelations being given to the author John from God. It is believed that this book of the Bible was originally written during an intense period of persecution being experienced by the very early church and was written to bring hope to these early Christians. Now, I'm going to guess that most of you listening to me haven't received such visions like the ones that are described in the book of Revelation. But that does not mean we cannot uncover some revelations in our present day. I believe that the events that we are witnessing today has uncovered several revelations of the problems and shortcomings present in our communities. In the United States, the pandemic has revealed just how fragile our economic system really is. As a result of many states and cities implementing stay-at-home orders during the initial COVID-19 outbreaks, the U.S. economy has taken a massive hit. Many Americans have lost their job because of the pandemic, and many small businesses have gone under as less and less people became unwilling to go out except for necessary reasons. The drastic loss of income has caused many families to become food insecure, with images of massive lions gathering outside food banks appearing on the news. Many of these people have also lost their health insurance, provided to them through their place of employment. Losing your health insurance during a pandemic is just adding insult to injury. The cost of health care in the United States was extremely expensive before the pandemic. Now many are going to have to worry about how much it will cost for them to be treated if they do catch the virus. We are also on the verge of an eviction and homelessness crisis, as many tenants are behind on their rent and could be forced onto the streets with nowhere to go. While there is now currently a national eviction moratorium for the rest of the year, that's only providing temporary relief for these families. and just pushes the crisis back by a few months. While more people have returned to work as the months wore on, that isn't necessarily being done safely. In just a matter of days, the U.S. economy fell apart thanks to a virus not visible to the naked eye. However, not everyone has suffered as much. According to an August 3rd article published by Business Insider, it is estimated that the Billionaires in the United States have seen their combined total net worth increase by $637 billion since the pandemic started. This as 40 million Americans have filed for unemployment. Many American workers felt forced to return to work because they need to earn a paycheck, despite the risk of becoming infected with COVID-19 due to unsafe work conditions. The income and equality gap that has plagued our country for years has only become more and more apparent as the year has gone on. However, this year has not just laid bare the class divisions in this country. It has also further illustrated the racial divides that have existed in our country for generations. About three months ago, on Memorial Day, videos began to be spread across the internet showing a Minneapolis police officer kneeling on the neck of a man named George Floyd while he laid there handcuffed, begging for his life. Three other police officers just stood there and watched. George Floyd would sadly pass away, but his death drove people in Minneapolis to take to the streets, demanding for justice, and that the police officers involved be held accountable for their actions. Since then, Black Lives Matter protests have reemerged in cities across the United States and even in countries around the world. While videos of police brutality inflicted on the black community have been appearing online for several years now, the video of George Floyd seems to have been a turning point when it came to public opinion on policing in America. In the weeks since protests began, discussions about race relations in the United States has been brought back into the mainstream conversation and many politicians are facing pressure to address these injustices. Racial and ethnic communities are also being impacted by COVID-19 differently, with First Nation, Black, and Latino communities taking on more of the worst impacts of the pandemic than white communities. These communities are often more vulnerable to the economic ramifications of the pandemic as well. This is likely because many of these communities are on average poorer than white communities due to systemic racial structures that prevent them from moving up, and are more likely to be working in jobs that place them in a higher risk of contracting the virus because they cannot afford to stay home. The most deserving revelation, however, is that we did not have to be put into this situation, and that there were other options we could have taken. Many of the social economic problems facing our country today because of the pandemic are the result of choices made by our political leaders. It is possible for our government to expand current safety net programs and create new ones to provide financial and material support so that the American people would not have to add economic uncertainty on top of the mental strains caused by the pandemic. The federal government could have expanded Medicare, Medicaid to ensure that Americans who have lost their employer-provided health insurance remained covered during the pandemic. Small businesses that had to shut down during the lockdowns could have been given financial aid to cover all their essential business costs and cover the paychecks of their employees, so that business owners and employees did not feel pressured to reopen before they felt it was safe. A rent forgiveness program. Could have been created so that tenants who've fallen behind on their rent because they've lost their job due to the pandemic did not have to worry about being evicted. I know, I know, I don't have all the answers. I'm sure that there are more steps or other options that could have been taken that are just slipping my mind right now. But maybe these can get the wheels turning. Regardless, none of these options were taken or at least not taken in a way that would have benefited everyone. Instead, our government has decided to take a more crueler option. That's just increased the suffering and anxiety of many. Many states decide to end COVID-19 lockdowns early, despite not having the infrastructure needed to do so safely. Members of Congress were quick to allocate trillions of dollars that could be given directly to corporations and big businesses, to prop up the stock market, but have been dragging their feet when it comes to providing substantial financial aid to the millions of Americans who are just struggling to get by. It frustrated me watching politicians and media pundits act more concerned that some people were earning more on unemployment than they earned while they were employed, while ignoring the fact that even this extra income was still not always enough for them to get by. Why would the wealthiest country in the world decide to take this route? The answer is simple. We chose to. Now, I'm not saying that we as individuals decide to follow this path, but that we as a society have made this choice together based on what we value. Americans hold a very individualistic worldview. We believe in the worth of every individual. And while that's not a bad thing, I believe that Americans have taken that to a very dangerous extreme. We romanticize the image of the rugged individual, the idea of one person being able to provide everything for themselves through hard work, not needing anything from anyone else. Anyone who's unable to make it themselves is just not working hard enough, or is trying to mooch off the rest of us. We honor and celebrate the wealthiest in society, attributing their vast fortunes to their hard work and skills. However, these idealized images of the world don't always play out that way. Humans are social creatures and have often relied on each other to accomplish tasks that we can't do ourselves. How often have we relied on the kindness of others when we fall into tough times? Some are able to work hard their entire lives but are unable to move out of their current situation. Focusing on wealthy corporate leaders often fails to recognize that their wealth and success would not have been possible if it were not for the hard work of the people under their employ. However, our current society is fixated on this idea of making sure that only the right people have access to social safety nets, that only the right People receive help. Politicians spend so much time and effort to put more and more barriers on welfare programs in the hopes of making those people just give up on the program, claiming that it will motivate them to find a job. From my personal observations, it's never that easy. Examples of this mentality can be seen in how American society views crime, policing, and justice. American society has been focused on punishing those accused of crimes to the max without any regard of what that offense was. Prison inmates are dehumanized in the eyes of the public, and instead of focusing on reforming and reintegrating them into society, we are told not to care, that they deserve to suffer. You can link these dynamics to racial injustices in society as well, as Black and Latino communities tend to be poor on average, and higher levels of poverty is linked to higher levels of crime. This enforces the negative racial stereotypes of members of these communities held by our society at large, causing many of us to just simply look away from the problems that are facing them. These areas are often more policed as well, which can often lead to more incidents of police brutality, While many of these revelations are difficult to view, there has been some revelations from this year that's given me hope for the future, that together we have the ability to take our society into a new direction. Times of great social upheaval may seem hopeless, but it also provides an opportunity for us to bring radical change. We Dunker Punks have an opportunity to change the mentality in our communities and show the world that there's another way to live, one that's based on examples that have been shown by Jesus. We have an opportunity to bring forth the kingdom of God to earth, a society that's ruled by compassion and generosity instead of one that's based on condemnation and selfishness. And I believe that we're already on our way there for the past eight months Communities came together to provide mutual aid to those who are most vulnerable to COVID-19. And then came together again over the summer to demand for racial justice. I encourage you all to think about ways that you can follow Jesus' example in your community. Even just the act of checking in on someone you know can go a long way. The seeds of change have been planted. Now it's up for us to make sure it continues to grow.
1: What sort of apocalypses are you witnessing in your own life right now? What is being uncovered? Where is the light getting in? And can you see a way forward where that light might be starting to bring about some unexpected healing? Alex invites us to consider ways that we can participate in just that, joining in the healing ways of Jesus. So, Dunker Punks, how about it? How will you join in? The Dunker Punks podcast exists because of you, and some folks do heavy lifting behind the scenes to make it possible. I'm Dana Cassell, one of your hosts. Alex McBride contributed the audio for this episode. Jacob Krauss edits the show. And Suzanne Lay manages the production. The infrastructure is generously supported by the Arlington Church of the Brethren and On Earth Peace. But the show exists because this network of Dunkerpunks and Dunkerpunk-adjacent people like you keep listening, subscribing, contributing, conversing, and creating, and we love it. We want and need your input. You can find archives on iTunes and online at arlingtoncob.org slash dpp. You can connect with us on social media at Dunker Punks Pod or email us at dpp at ArlingtonCob.org. We are always open to new ideas for growing or improving the show. It's as much yours as it is ours.